Uh, this morning, uh, in fact, uh, on my Facebook, I said that this morning's message would be short and inspirational. Uh, at least half of it will be true. <laughs> okay. Uh, this month, I've been, uh, uh, every time I've been sharing, we've been going through the, the Christmas narrative in Matthew chapter 2, in Matthew's uh, gospel. So we're going to read the first 18 verses in Matthew uh, chapter 2, and then I just want to talk about them a little bit, and then we'll move into a time of uh, uh, worship as, as well as ministry. Uh, starting at verse 1, I think the slide is there behind me, or soon will be. Uh, it says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who had been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophets had written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, found out where from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had the after they heard no, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where they stayed until the death of Herod. So it, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they were no more. You know, if you strip away the sentimentality uh, from this story, there are parts of this story that are really dark. And if we're going to let the Bible be a place of spiritual formation, it's important that we pay attention to the dark parts of the story and not gloss over them. 
And the dark parts are there for our benefit because there's something that God wants to say to us through the parts of the, the story that, that is dark. So uh, let's just kind of walk through this scripture again and uh, let's talk about it a little bit. Matthew, again, at verse 1, says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judah, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem to, and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. And, you know, the word worship, in essence, it means to show respect and honor. And it is usually accompanied with, with bowing down. You know, you think of, uh, you know, curtsying before the queen or, you know, bowing down, uh, you know, before the pope or the queen of England. And even the giving of gifts. This word can be used in both a religious and a secular sense. And it really depends on the context, how, how we interpret it in, in English. But this is, isn't necessarily a religious word. It means that when you're in front of someone who, uh, who is honorable, when you're in front of someone who is, uh, who is powerful, you, you show them respect, you show them honor. And so this word can be used in both a, a religious and a secular sense. And so the Magi were not coming to look for God. They were coming to look for the king of the Jews. And so when we read these words, at least in this context, we need to think of them not so much in a, a religious sense of worship, but in a secular sense. Because again, there wasn't, an, there, there wasn't the concept, there wasn't the understanding among the Jews of those days that the Messiah uh, was going to be God. They saw the Messiah as a man anointed by God, empowered by God, and coming in the name of God, but not necessarily God himself. So the Jews were there to show the Messiah, the king of the Jews, honor and respect. And verse 3 says, when King Herod heard about this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. So when the Magi came into Jerusalem, uh, they just began asking around, where is the king of the Jews? And, you know, Herod, Herod was a king. <laughs> you know, and technically he was the king uh, of the Jews at that time, in that place. So here are these men, you know, out, outsiders coming in, asking where the king of the Jews is, uh, and not really going to Herod right away. And so really the, the, the word is out on the street there. There's some people looking for the king of the Jews. And uh, when it says, when Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. So there was quite a ruckus be beginning to, uh, uh, to take place because of uh, what these magi were looking for. So in verse 4, it says, uh, when he, uh, Herod had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. As I said, there was not the understanding among the religious community that the Messiah would be actually God himself incarnate in human flesh. The Messiah was thought to be an agent of God, someone empowered and anointed by God, 
but not God himself. In fact, the only people at that time who probably had any idea that Jesus was God were his parents, Joseph and Mary, and perhaps Mary's relative, Elizabeth, who got the prophecy. So it wasn't something, you know, so a lot of times when we're reading these scriptures, we're reading from what we know back into them. But as you're reading these in the context, uh, you know, th there wasn't an idea, there wasn't an understanding that the Messiah uh, was God himself. So verse 7, so initially, you know, Herod does the right thing. He calls in the religious leaders, you know, uh, what's the deal, what's going on? Uh, then verse 7, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Herod was not a religious person. Herod was a political person. It didn't matter whether he believed his child would grow up to be the Messiah or not. What was important was what the people believed. And if the people believed there was a rival king born and growing up uh, in a little town, you know, down the road, uh, that was something that, uh, that he, you know, Herod needed to pay attention to. And then when we read about what Herod does next, it's easy to discount what happened as demonic, something that we would never do. And I think that's a, that's a mistake. As long as we demonize Herod, we can't learn from him. It's not only important to study leaders who finish well. We are wise to study leaders who don't finish well. And generally, that's true. When we start demonize people, we no longer have the ability to learn from them. Uh, I have 15 minutes. I won't go any further with that. Uh, verse 9. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Again, that, if you look at that word worship in the secular sense, they were showing the honor and the respect you would show a king. They bowed before him. They showed him honor. Uh, they gave him gifts. Verse 12, after being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, the, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi, then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they were no more. 
you know, Beth, Beth, Bethlehem was a small community, and given the size of the town at that time, probably between 10 to 30 boys were killed. So it was, it was a really small community. I know if you watch movies, <laughs> it sounds like there's thousands, but there's probably 10 to 20, maybe 30 uh, young boys that lost their life. Uh, let me just ask you, you know, from the scriptures here, from what we read, what did Herod feel? What did he feel? Desperation. Desperation. Jealousy. Jealousy. Prejudice. What did you say? Uh, well, let me just, you know, he felt disturbed. I mean, it says that pretty clearly in the Bible. Uh, it says he felt outwitted. Uh, in other words, he felt tricked. Anybody here ever felt tricked? Uh, deceived. He felt deceived. Uh, angry. It says that he was angry. Anybody here ever been angry? Uh, probably, if you read into it, felt threatened. Uh, felt disrespected. How did Jerusalem feel? The city that he was responsible over. Well, the scripture says that he, uh, they, they felt disturbed. Have you ever had the responsibility for a community, a business team, uh, a business, a team of workers, a family, a small group, and they begin feeling disturbed? Anybody ever feel that pressure uh, to do something? What did Herod do to feel safe? So what did he do to feel safe? He what? Same thing Cain did. Well, you know, initially uh, what he did was he called the religious leaders, got some counsel, got, you know, what does the Bible say about what's going on? Uh, he had a personal meeting with the Magi and heard their story. Uh, then after that, it kind of went south, didn't it? So what do you do to feel safe? What do you do when uh, you don't feel in control? Because we do stuff too. Uh, what are some of the healthy things you do when you don't feel safe, when you don't feel like you're in control, when you feel like you're losing control? Google it. <laughs> Google it. What are some of the other things that you do? Uh, you hide out when you don't feel safe. Yeah. You hide out. Exercise. Exercise. So there are some healthy things we do, you know, when we don't feel safe. Uh, what are some of the unhealthy things you do when you don't feel safe? Yeah. So maybe uh, we're not so different from Herod after all. You know, and I have here my notes. Uh, we can medicate, withdraw, strike out, disengage, yell, steal. Uh, we abuse power. Uh, yell, insult, sabotage, kill. What do we do with our rivals? We may not kill them. 
uh, we can uh, process what we're feeling with a lot of people. <laughs> Sometimes it's called gossip. But uh, so there are times when we lose control, when we don't feel safe, when we feel threatened. And there's healthy ways of dealing with that. And one is to, to lean into the emotional pain with prayer. The Psalms provide a template for how to process disappointment, betrayal. Uh, the kind of prayer that's used to do that sometimes called lamenting. You can prayerfully process this with a friend or a spiritual counselor. But there are times when we feel drawn to the dark side. And we feel that pull to do something unhealthy. And I just want to tell you that this, is, can, this can become your place of your greatest growth. When you feel pulled to the darkness, when you feel pulled to react in a way that's not healthy, this, becomes a, this can become a place of spiritual formation as you learn how to process that before God. So why don't our worship team come on back up? And as we're closing this season and you know, starting a new year, um, we are all going to have opportunities to grow. We're all going to have opportunities to process feelings of betrayal. We're going to all have opportunities to uh, experience a loss of power where we feel vulnerable, where we feel tricked, where we feel all those things that Herod felt. But we don't have to become Herod. We don't have to become Herod. We can use those as opportunities to be more like Christ. So let, let's just pray and then we'll just go back into worship and we'll let these guys land the plane. So Father, we thank you, Lord, that the Bible doesn't give us a sanitized version of life, but that it paints a picture that's real, where there's, there's pain, there's sorrow, there's disappointment. But Holy Spirit, you come to give us life. So we invite your presence now. Holy Spirit, come.